Hey everyone, welcome back to the Called to Build podcast. I am very excited to be back in with our long form podcasting interviews and just topical conversations that we're going to have. If you don't know me, my name is Ashley Morgan Jackson, and I love to call women into more of their relationship with God and to call them to whatever He has made them for. Today, we are going to be kicking things off with a friend of mine and co-worker who works with me at Proverbs 31 Ministries, Megan Ryan. Today, we're going to be talking about transition and what it really looks like to move into all God's calling you to and what you have to leave behind and also what you're going to face because obeying God doesn't always mean things are going to be easy. I pray that you are blessed by our conversation today. All right, welcome back everyone. This is Called to Build and today I have a special guest with me, Megan Ryan, and this is actually our second attempt to record this podcast. We first tried to record this at the well like towards the beginning of COVID and quarantine. I have our notes still, so it was exactly 14 weeks in. <laughs> and now what are we? I don't we don't even know. Week week 52. Yeah. <laughs> So it got destroyed somehow and we lost it. So we're here here trying to do this again. But Megan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And what can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, So like she said, my name is Megan and I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, which still feels weird to say, even though I've technically lived here for a year and a half now. Um, I work for Proverbs 31 Ministries in their marketing department. I do their promotional copywriting, which is a lot of fun. And I get to work on some other special projects as well. So uh, that has been the reason I moved. And it's just been a fun thing to get to do as a job. Um, I'm the oldest of four, single, and 28 currently as we're recording this episode. And I also teach Pure Bar, which nice. is irrelevant to anything, but no, it's about you, you know, uh, something I do enjoy doing. And I get to be Ashley's friend. We get to do Bible study <laughs> together. And last time we recorded this over the phone, but this time we get to record it in yeah. person, which is more fun. Exactly. Okay. So basically we started very near the same time. Yes. You started in October October, and I started in November. So we've been working at Proverbs around the same time, but that's what we kind of want to talk about today is having to transition in life. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people can relate to this because, well, a lot of people move and have transition in just for jobs or whatever. But for you, it's like, really big transition Mm -hmm. and you went through a lot of stuff. And I think that what you have to share about it is going to be really helpful for a lot of people. So let's just talk about that. Like, first of all, why do you, why did you take the job? Um, well, I think it was something I was unknowingly working towards for, I mean, all of my career, I guess, if you could Mm. call it that post-college, um, I worked for a campus ministry after I graduated because I had had a total life crisis my junior year of college and then no longer knew what I wanted to do with my life. <laughs> so it seemed like a good time to just do an internship more or less. Okay. Uh, and then I worked for a nonprofit ministry for about four years after that before I started at Proverbs. And so I didn't know how the Lord was piecing those things together. I ended up graduating with an English degree, mm-hmm. which was 
the fourth major I chose in college. Okay. So very much so just needed to graduate and get out. Didn't think it would be remotely useful for anything. But like I said, I had a pretty big life crisis. And uh, then somehow that weaved its way into taking on a lot of marketing roles mm. in the different organizations I was a part of in school, but also in the kind of the random roles I did in my last job. And I, I mean, I love women and I love ministry and mm. uh, I'm excited about what Proverbs does. And so when I got the opportunity to work there, it seemed like a no brainer mm. to take the position. Okay. So what did you leave in order to come? Like, what was the change for you? Oh, so I, had moved back to my hometown, which I swore I would never do. <laughs> and you're from? I'm from a small beach town in the Florida Panhandle. So it's a hard life. It was a very hard <laughs> life, but it was a very small town. And the people who stayed were the people who never left. And I didn't want to be one of those okay, people. Okay. But um, the Lord was really kind in that when I moved back, I was able to build a really solid community. I got to live down the road from my family and have, you know, quality time with them pretty often. And I'd built this just really comfortable life in which I got to live by the beach and work from home and nice. hang out with my friends. And I knew that I wanted definitely a job change by the time I took the job at Proverbs. I did not at that point think I wanted to move. And so, mm -hmm. but I do think for, I did all I could there for that season. Mm as scary and hard as it's been to leave and not be there, it was time for something to be different. Um, mm. But it's been very hard. So you basically, though, you were confident that the Lord called you or uh, opened all the doors. Yeah. Um, I could not have opened that door if I tried. So right. I definitely think that was the Lord. I can see all the – I mean, when I say the random things I did for my last job, I worked for a pretty small startup nonprofit. And I mean – these small things that had nothing to do with my job description that were actually setting me up um, to be a, a candidate to work at a larger nonprofit in a very established and reputable place. Mm. Um, like Proverbs, I, I knew the Lord was calling me to like take the biggest leap of faith at that point. Mm. I, you know, I could look back and think when I was 21, I thought breaking up with my college boyfriend was the biggest leap of faith I could take. Mm. But at 27 to move to a city I had truly never been to before and didn't know a single person was a lot harder than I think I could have ever prepared myself for. Mm. Cause it's just very different. Mm. Uh, graduating college is a big transition, I think for a lot of people, but everyone's kind of doing the transition at the same time. So all of your friends mm. are moving and starting jobs and you're meeting other people who are doing the same thing. Mm. Whereas at 27, you kind of know yourself a little bit better and you've already established your friend groups. So mm -hmm. yeah. moving uh, to a city at 23 would have been, you know, you've got all the energy to go out and meet people and join a bunch of, you know, different yeah. events. And whereas at 27, I'm like, I know what I like to do with my free time. I know what I value in a friend. Mm -hmm. I don't need to hang out with just anybody Right. But it's a lot harder to find because all the people who feel the same way I do already have friends. Mm, uh, so I was not expecting that. Okay. So what have been the hardest things about this transition for you? I mean, the obvious hardest one was uh, a pandemic hit five months after I moved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was 
totally not expected. Um, I actually ended up spending 10 weeks back in Florida after that and questioning if I was ever going to come back to North Carolina. Uh, So that was really hard. I think it was hard. It still feels hard because everything is just moving at a much slower pace than it would have if there wasn't a pandemic, to be honest. I think it would have still taken time to establish really solid friendships. I think finding a church has been a huge Mm. struggle because it's very hard to judge a church during a pandemic. Um, And, you know, some of them are meeting, some of them are not, some of them are only meeting on Sundays and people leave as soon as it's over. There's not really small groups to join and things like that. And so that's been really Mm -hmm. challenging to try to navigate uh, finding people to pour into me and finding other people to pour into. I see like the same 10 people every week and I'm thankful I have 10 people that I can see every week. And I understand that, you know, people are trying to be wise and safe and all of that thing sort of things. But I, it, I mean, it was a very big challenge to do that. I think it was harder than I thought to adjust like a new schedule of, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. I worked from home before I started at Proverbs and I truly kid you not, I think the week before the world shut down, I finally felt like I had gotten used to like a commute and to (laughs) being at work all day in an office and getting dressed every morning. Mm -hmm. And then the world shut down and I've been working, we've been working from home ever since. So I went, well, there's that. It's going to be a big (laughs) adjustment when we finally go back to the office. Uh, I felt very untethered in a lot of ways of Florida doesn't necessarily feel like home anymore because... I don't live there anymore. And life has actually gone on without me. And mm, how's that feel? Uh, I mean, it does not feel fun. Yeah, It has been, I think what's hard is when I go back, the world doesn't stop because I come back to visit. Whereas when people come to me, they are like experiencing my life here for the first time. Right. And I am stopping everything because they're coming to a town they right. are not familiar with. Whereas when I go home, everyone's still working. Everyone's still going about their daily lives. And I just, they kind of just expect me to fall back in. Mm. And I've had a lot of conversations with my family and my friends about this and we are working on it, but it, to feel like I don't belong here anymore because I'm not in the day to day, but then to not feel that, I'm coming home when I come back to North Carolina or feel like I have this sense of home and belonging where I feel totally safe and secure and like people know me. Yeah. Uh, I've been really thankful. I make jokes that working for Proverbs was kind of like joining an adult sorority. Like it was very (laughs) easy to make friends because there are a lot of women my age who work there and they've been really welcoming and inviting, but those deep connections Mm, take time. And I'm thankful to have made, I mean, I would say I have five, very solid friends in Charlotte that I can talk to you about things, but I leave those conversations still very unsure. Whereas if I were to have those conversations with my old roommates in Florida or friends I had before you, I can walk away knowing like I'm safe here and I'm known and I'm understood. And we have this history built up Mm -hmm. and that's not quite where I am yet. So that feels very isolating. And like, I'm just ready for that point where you just have friends and you, I mean, fold each other's socks and like watch Netflix and (laughs) don't really talk about anything. Uh, Or that just sense of, I can, I have been very stretched to ask for help Mm. uh, in moving because I don't, I literally have no family here. Whereas if I ever needed anything, right. I could call my dad or, um, and I am, if you know, 
if you're into the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram too. So it is very hard for me to ask for help. I feel like a burden. I feel like I'm the one who's supposed to be helping others, not Mm. they're supposed to be helping me. Mm. So I've been very stretched to learn how to do that and communicate my needs, which I think is healthy and part of being a functioning grown up. Uh, But it has just been very challenging. Yeah. Okay. So in thinking about this transition, you've talked about this a little bit already, but like, what are some things that you've had to let go of in this transition? And what are things that you had to like, go get? Um, I got very good advice and I couldn't tell you who gave it to me at this point, but I just really hang on to it that no one was going to invite you to do anything. Mm. You have to go and wow. make the plans. Like you can't wait around for people to invite you. You have to take the initiative, mm. which thankfully is kind of how I'm wired as a person. Uh, but it has been rather exhausting. Okay. I, so I've definitely, I truly this summer, I would say I hustled for friends. Like Aww, I asked people yeah. to do something every single day of the week and took time to get to know people and they took time to get to know me. And again, people do invite me to do things and did invite me to do things. But the idea of you can't just like wait around for things to happen to you. You have to go seek that out. And so that was really good advice. Whoever gave it to me, if you're listening to this, <laughs> tell me it was you. Cause I don't remember, but I, So I did have to go that I had to let go of a lot of just being comfortable. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I don't think I realized how comfortable I was in the life that I was living and just the familiarity of it was my hometown. And I knew everyone, you know, I went to the grocery store and saw people I knew. And that happened to me for literally the first time a couple of weeks ago. And I was going, I made it in Charlotte. (laughs) I ran into somebody at the grocery store Uh, or – I mean, I had to let go of a lot of things about my schedule. Mm. I had to let go of just my expectations of what time with people and time alone looked like. Mm. Um, I had to, I mean, I had to let go of the beach, which I'm I'm oh. not sure I've quite let go of that. But finding new <laughs> places to be out in nature and spend time mm. and still figuring that out too. Mm. Um, but I just had to let go of a lot of what I thought my life would look like in my late twenties. Yeah. Has that been, um, part of the transition of like the disappointment is, is there a sense of disappointment or. I don't know if disappointed is the right word because Mm -hmm. I don't think I look at my life and I go, I'm sad that X isn't here or that Y hasn't happened. I think it's more of a, for the first time in my life, there is not an end date on something. And right, so right. every, I mean, every year since I graduated high school, I like things were marked by school ending and summer and mm. going home and working an internship. And my last job, it was like I committed on a year by year basis and my leases were on year by year basis. <laughs> right. And like, there was always a marker of, okay, this year is ending and a new one is starting. Mm. This season is ending and a new one is starting. And now I just look ahead at my life and go, there's no end date on any of it. Yeah. And while I probably at some point said out loud stupidly that I would love there did not be an end date on something, I think it makes it very hard to figure out how do you live in this space of I'm not working towards anything and I don't see something in the future. Mm. That's like a marker Mm. of change Mm. that's interesting when you I mean I've 
I just moved for the 10th time in 10 years. And so while I lived in the same city for five years in school and then four years after I graduated, I, I mean, I've moved every single year into a new home since I graduated high school. So Mm -hmm. it's weird to go from a life that's constant transition and having a marker to it's like a black hole. Of, yeah, I'm not even in the least right now. I'm living with a friend, and it's just until I feel like I don't want to live there anymore. Yeah. It'll be a while, but uh, yeah. so I think that's hard to like not be able to look forward and go, okay, I'm working towards that thing, or I'm waiting for that season to change or that life circumstance to move. It's just I, this is just how I live now. Yeah. Okay, so as you've come into this season and you've been in this season, what are some fears that you've had to battle? You know, I thought, I thought by this point in my life, I would be pretty solid and secure in myself. And I don't think I've ever been more insecure in my entire life. I actually told my, my brother's 22. And I remember how much of an adult I thought I was at 22 and how confident I thought I was. And we were talking and I said, yeah, I was a lot more secure at 22. And he went, more secure? And I went, yeah, like I'm way more insecure now than I was at 22. (laughs) And he went, what? (laughs) And I said, yeah, I really know that I don't know anything now. Mm. And um, so I think there's been a lot of fear that has stemmed from insecurity about making friends, about how people perceive me. I'm very relational. And so I, I mean, I go to bed at night replaying conversations I had in my head with people and filing through what, how did they receive what I said or how did that interaction go? And to kind of feel like I'm not totally connected to anyone. Mm. I've just had a lot of fear of losing friends or um, not being able to make new friends or, I wouldn't say I'm run by a lot of fear, but I do feel highly insecure in mm-hmm. this season and don't know what it looks like to not feel that way. Right. Uh, I've, I've had to resolve with the Lord that I'm not going to let it drive my behavior and I'm not going to let it drive my decision making. And I've really just had to constantly go back and ask him like, okay, who do you say I am? Who are right, you? Because right. that's like the only thing we can stand on. Uh, so I think just the fear of, I mean, where do I stand with people? Yeah. That's probably the biggest one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there's a little bit of like a fear of what, when is this going to feel like it fits or when does this feel like this is going to feel easier than it is maybe not that life is ever easy, but we have, you know, I have the delusion that maybe sometimes it feels easy. Yeah. And I think like we were talking earlier before we started the podcast about, you know, you, you have to like have so many experiences with people so that you trust them. Mm -hmm. And until you have X amount of experience, you know, I think there's something really safe about insecure about people who are still there Mm -hmm. after so much time. And so I'm thinking, you know, like, your roommate or your other friends or me or whatever. It's like in five years, if we're still doing this, you know what I mean? Yes. That, that's going to establish that, oh, you're still here. Mm-hmm. That's great. And I think that's the hardest part. And what I think a lot of times that we forget, like, why don't I have that yet? Because I'm like the same way 
like why I need, I want to feel more secure in my relationships, but they're just as nervous about being in a relationship with me as I am about having it with them. And, but what makes it hard being the new person is they have other people. Yeah. And pandemic. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I think also I thought at a year and a half, mm-hmm. I would feel way more established than I do. Now I will say I feel way more established than I thought I would coming back from quarantine, like mm, kind of okay. cu- coming back to North Carolina. Um, I, it like has exceeded every expectation I had. I truly thought I was going to sit in my house by myself all the time for a year <laughs> until we got done with all this mess. But mm-hmm. I think when I moved to Charlotte, I thought surely by a year and a half, I will be set and established and home. Mm. And what I have a really bad habit of, I want to like run, run home when things feel really hard or mm. I feel afraid but home doesn't feel like home anymore. Right. And so this weird in-between, and I think that's the the tension that we all live in in some way, whether we're aware of it or not. And mm-hmm. I know I um, actually wrote about this on my Instagram recently. I get particularly sassy when people say that C.S. Lewis quote about, well, I was made – like I'm not supposed to feel at home here because I was made for another world. And I'm okay. like, yeah, yeah, like great, cool. <laughs> but like we're here and so, home is a thing. Yeah. And so what do I do with that? Mm. And – I do think the Lord is trying to say like, hey, this isn't it. Mm. And mm-hmm. it's never going to be it. Mm. And I think moving has revealed that to me. I think the pandemic has revealed that to me. I think just learning the kind of – there's no transition coming, mm. but I just had this massive transition and now I'm just trying to navigate what it looks like to mm. just kind of live a boring, quiet life. And <laughs> honestly, right, I'm like, nothing right. I'm doing right now is worth posting on Instagram. And that's good. And right. I 100% would rather it be that way. But yeah. what does it look like to steward that in-between space of, yeah. okay, I feel like I'm doing nothing um, and I'm not working towards anything, but I know that the Lord has something in that. I just can't really figure out what it is yet. Yeah. I mean, something that you said last time on the podcast and I think like is brought to my mind right now is you know what what this time has revealed and what moving often reveals as well is what we find our security in or our identity Mm -hmm. it's like this person reflects to me who I am this relationship or this place or whatever and like you're just saying like this time when we can't we have nothing to say like this is me this is me it's like all taken and that sense of not belonging, like you don't belong at home anymore, but you don't necessarily belong here. You do, but you don't. Mm -hmm. And that like weird in between space. Yeah. And like, what have you clung to in that in between space? If anything, I mean the Lord, but as Ashley knows, it's been like a weird, I feel like the only thing I can cling to is the Lord. And sometimes it, and often doesn't feel like he's there to respond. And I think that's a normal part of our Christian life and something yeah. we all walk yes. through at one point or another. So I'm not going to – I don't want to just d- dismiss that thought. Like it doesn't matter because honestly it is really hard. And I yeah. know yeah. people don't talk about it often, but there is something, I mean, very isolating when you feel like you aren't hearing his voice or don't feel like he's speaking to you through his word. Mm-hmm. And like having to like truly put your money where your mouth is when it comes to your faith 
and go, okay, well, I'm going to choose to stand on this even when I don't see you and I don't feel you and I don't Mm -hmm. feel like I even know you or who I am at this moment. Right, right. Because really, what's the other option? Yeah. And I go back to that verse. I feel like it's in Mark, but I'm embarrassed. I don't have it memorize the what book it's in but where you know jesus does all these miracles and then he tells you know everyone who's there following him just like how hard it's about to be like it's not this is not going to be easy you're going to have to die for this and they all left and he turns to his disciples and he goes are you going to leave me too and peter goes uh, uh, where else are we going to go? Right. Like you have the words of eternal life. Like right. there's, we don't have somewhere else to go. And so I think I often, I mean, I, I, that's been my lifeline, honestly. Of, there's been so many days where I'm going, is this even worth it? What am I doing? Right. I don't know. I don't feel like I know what I'm doing with my life. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I know where I belong. But what is the other option? I know what the other option is. I've chosen the other option mm-hmm. before. And it really... It does not satisfy. It does not give me any sort of hope. And right. so, and I think that has been very revealed in the pandemic. And honestly, something that I've been super burdened by is when things stop being comfortable, a lot of people walked yeah. away. Like they, yeah. They, yeah. they quit. And yeah. Yeah. Well, we can't quit now. Right. Yeah. And I think like that's, what's beautiful, like just listening to you talk and seeing it like for us and for all the people who really, really love the Lord is like, you've ruined me at this point, Lord. You know, (laughs) it's basically what you're saying. You know, it's like, I've seen you be good too many times. I've seen your hand in my life. Like, even when I don't feel you, I still know you're doing things. I can still see you. And like, I'm going to hold on for ever loving life Mm -hmm. until you get me through this. Mm -hmm. And we don't understand. I I think that's, I like, I think as a quote by Beth Moore, it's like, like the thing that the Lord knows is hard, hardest for us to do is to trust him when we understand the least. Mm -hmm. And I think any transition in life, but especially in this time where it's like, okay, I'm going to rip everything away from you. And basically leave you so vulnerable, mm-hmm. even even your sense of him and say, what are you going to choose, you know, and making those hard choices literally, probably hourly sometimes. Yeah. And I think he does it because he loves us. Yeah. And it's so easy for me. I'm like say, hearing myself say that out loud and go, where did, where was that when you were having a freak out last week? Like <laughs> he doesn't. If, if his word is true, which I'm going to claim it is, and right. what it says about him is true, he doesn't – he's not withholding himself and he's not withholding good things as a means to just be some tyrant right. God. Mm-hmm. He's just – he's going, I have something so much better that's mm-hmm. on the other side of this. And, I mean, faith is like being sure of what you hope for and what you don't see. And yeah. faith is not a feeling. Like right. feelings are not truth. Feelings yeah. are good indicators. Feelings are meant to be felt, mm-hmm. but they're not meant to make our decisions for us. And they're not meant to determine who God is and who he isn't. Mm-hmm. And mm, that's good. his word is what's true. And that's mm-hmm. how we know him. And 
So I think I, I mean, I spend a lot of time in the word, not just, you know, on my personal time as a part of my job. Um, and you know, I'm thankful to have a community of believers around me who also spend a lot of time in the word, but, and I actually was writing about this for work today that, you know, in James, he talks about blessed is the one who is persecuted under trials because Mm. persecution like produces steadfastness Mm. And like, what the heck is steadfastness and why on earth do we need it? And that was the question I had to answer of, I mean, steadfastness means something is unmovable. It means Mm. it's something Mm. like solid and unwavering. Mm. And right after he says it produces steadfastness. And when steadfastness has had its work, then you will be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. Wow. And it's like, if we can make it to the other side of seasons like this, I just can't help but wonder of, I'm going to know that I know that I know that what I proclaim about God and who he is, is true. Right. And then the next time something happens and right. then the next transition inevitably comes and dear Jesus, please don't let there no- be another pandemic. Right. Inevitably right. something comes mm-hmm. to say, well, like I don't lack anything because right. I know through trials. That's so good. Yeah. That I'm steadfast because I know who Jesus is. Yeah. That's so good. And I think in our society, or I don't know if it's our culture or what, it's like, or maybe it's just being human. We're set up to avoid Mm. trials or because of social media, we compare like, oh, look at their great life. Yeah. Why am I the only one in a trial? But the reality is, is that like, if we are in Christ, like that's going to come for us. Yeah. It wasn't like an if. Right. It was a when. Right. And so that, you know, you're not doing anything wrong. If someone's listening to this and they're in that position, they're not doing anything wrong. Actually, they might be exactly perfectly in the center of God's will. Um, And that's what he's doing is producing that steadfastness. And it doesn't make it easy. No. But when it feels like nothing is changing and the circumstances are the same, Mm. he's actually producing what we need. And that is to be steadfast and to trust and have faith in him. That's so good. So for someone who is also in that position now, or someone who's about to maybe go into a big transition in life, what advice would you share with them? Well, I'm still in the middle. So all of my advice is not on the other side. So just know that. But I mean, I think like, what is the other option? Mm. You can quit. That's good. Yeah. Or you can keep going. I mean, if you quit, nothing's going to change for mm-hmm. the better. Mm-hmm. But if you keep going, it might. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I was actually, I'm studying the book of Joshua now. And so I was listening to a podcast about it today. And it was talking about uh, when Caleb and Joshua went and scouted out. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not in Joshua, but before we get to Joshua, they were scouting out the promised land. And when they, came back, Caleb said, like, perhaps was the word he used when he said, Mm. perhaps we can take the land. Mm. And I'm not quoting that exactly. So Bible scholars don't hate on me, but (laughs) I, he didn't say we can definitely do it. Mm. He said, perhaps. And this whole idea of distinction. Mm. Why not just like risk trusting him? Mm. So good. So good. And so I think go in, if you're in the middle of it, you've got two options. You can quit or you can risk trusting 
Yeah. The Lord. And he's worth it. And he's worth it. Yeah. And I can say that in the middle. I can't, like, there are moments where I don't want to say that, but I'm like, it's going to be worth it. Yeah. And if you're getting ready to enter in that into that season, you definitely need to get some people around you mm. who are going to fight in the dark for you because mm. that's crucial. And I'm thankful for friends like Ashley who do that, even though, as I just said, we're still new friends. Mm. I know she's fighting for me in the midst of that. But, like, you're going to have to take – like, she's like, am I going to take the risk when this gets hard or am I going to persevere and know that there is another side? Mm. Because the reality is, is when we get to the other side, there's inevitably going to be another transition later. Like, we're – Yeah. It's a cycle. I mean, it's life. Totally. And yeah. um, I think just keeping that perspective, like, God is good and he's – I mean, if you read the word, he's proven himself trustworthy time and time again and he gives us the end of the story. I think mm. that's the thing that's wild to me when I read about Old Testament – you know, Bible characters where I read about even like the apostles and the disciples and um, of like, they actually didn't know the end of the story and we get the end of the story mm. and they were willing to like have faith and trust anyway. Like if it's the whole hall of fame in Hebrews, mm, yeah. they, none of them knew the end of the story, Yeah, but they trusted God anyway. And we know the end of the story. Like we have revelation. It like tells us like, this is how it's all going to go down and this is how it's going to end. Right. And it doesn't give you explicit details or times or anything like that, but it gives you enough to know that like the end of the story is good. Mm. Yeah. And we can take that no matter what our days look like. Yeah. That's really good. So is there anything else that you want to add just before we end here about this? Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, I I don't know. For whoever's listening on the other side of this mic, who's going, is there hope? Is there something to cling to? Mm-hmm. And it's like, remember the Lord loves you. Yeah. And he's not withholding good things. He's not holding out on you. Even though I, I, I can personally attest that it feels like that on some days. But yeah. Yeah. that's not who he is. That's right. That's good. Okay. So how can we find more of you and connect with you? Yes. Read more of your words. Okay. Well, I'm on Instagram. It's Megan M dot Ryan. So M E G H A N M dot Ryan R Y A N. Um, and then you can find me on always Megan.com and on Proverbs 31, if you download any of our free resources, um, <laughs> if they're recent, they're me. So um, I hope that those sorts of things encourage you. And yeah, I look forward to connecting with your people. Yeah. And I will put all of her links in the show notes so you guys can click right on those and get connected more with Megan. So thanks so much for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. Well, friends, I hope that blessed you as much as it blessed me. Just remember, whatever God is calling you to, it won't always be easy, but He is always worth it. If you enjoyed this podcast today, we ask that you would share it out with a friend. Be sure to follow Call to Build at Call to Build on Instagram. And also follow me if you would like, where I share daily devotions at ashley.morgan.jackson. We have some great podcasts coming up. And we also have Soul Coffee, which is a three-minute little inspiration for your morning to get you focused back on God. So check those out as well. We thank you for being here today, and we look forward to having you next time.